For the last two days, almost 100 groups have taken part in Digital Health Hack Day. Innovators, coders, clinicians, NHS IT leaders, anyone who wants to improve health and care through technology, have all pitched their ideas to the judges and hope to be crowned the next winner. I'm Andrea Downey and I'm joined by Marcus Ball, GP, software developer and general hacktitioner who has been running Digital Health Hack Day for the last two years. So Marcus, you've been running Hack Day again this year. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Hack Day, what it is and how you became involved in it? Okay, so I'm, um, I originally got involved in Hack Days by going to NHS Hack Day, which was the kind of original, that was my point of hearing about Hack Days, which uh, that was back in 2012, I think, in September in Liverpool. That was the second ever NHS Hack Day. Uh, and they're now up to, I think they've done about 25 Hack Days since then. So um, that was my introduction to it. And the format of the Hack Days that we run is very similar. And I think that's a, an industry-wide sort of a thing that people um, that, that people do across the tech industry. There's a similar theme, you know, pitching ideas at the beginning, forming organically into teams, and then working on your hacks for the rest of the however many days. And your hack days can be one day, they can be two days, they can be a week long. There are variations where people work on code all night, right through the night until the next day, and you know, that all seems like a bit too much like hard work, really. So we, we do a nice civilized healthy hack you know uh, we have decent hours of, of hacking and we try and look after the people that come to the hacks kind of thing. so I, I got into it via you know doing those and then I started running NHS Hack Days uh, NHS Hack Days is an, is an independent organisation it's not actually affiliated to the NHS formally um, but I was involved in running those and then over time the real driver was wanting to um, be able to do weekday hacks. Um, all NHS hack days are at weekends. And that's great for a certain demographic, but it meant that we were almost never able to have NHS trusts and their IT teams coming along. We were never able to get NHS Digital, NHS England, startups and vendors and other kind of the fixtures of the of the IT health IT community couldn't come to a weekend or wouldn't come to a weekend I don't know some I think it's a bit of both um, but so the you know the solution to that is try a different formula and so we run these as a weekday event to get those that those groups in and it's been very successful we've had a really good response yeah it sounds like it's a really fantastic day for everyone to get together and sort of bounce ideas off of each other and learn from each other as well is that one of the points that's probably the main point actually yeah. because if you think about the software that gets developed, none of it is uh, production ready. Some of it will just be hanging together by the skin of its teeth, as in, you know, it's been hacked in two days. It's a proof of concept at best. It's a learning experience, definitely, for everybody involved. But the thing that has always resonated across all the NHS hack days and these hack days is um, the community that you become part of. You come to the first hack day, you suddenly have that light bulb moment that not all IT development takes two years and 30 million quid and that sometimes you can make a useful thing in a tiny fraction of amount of time. So what have been your favourite parts this year? Uh, well, it's always nice to come to a new venue. This has been a really nice cafe setup that we've had here. It's been a small but perfectly formed hack day, so not as large as usual in terms of numbers, but that what we have had have been a very high standard of kind of technical capability and lots of representation from um, big hitters in the NHS IT world. So we've been able to do things 
to integrate with services in the real NHS that we wouldn't have been able to do without their presence. So that's been that's been a real uh, high point. It's been you know great weather, sunny all the time, and we've had a real nice mixture of people. We've got. Um, a really good gender balance actually this time, which is always something that the tech industry comes under flat for, uh, sort of representing, you know, maybe 50 years of educational and social policy, and we're trying to be part of the solution to that, and it is quite, it's always heartening when you see a really good gender balance, not so many pale, stale male types, and, and a little bit more a mixture. So can you tell us a bit about this year's entries and what they are? So um, it's, a, it's a slim field because we've got, as I say, a small hack day. Um, there are four presentations. Um, we've got things like uh, a, a half health manager. This is, I think, the idea that you can prepare for a consultation that you're going to have. So um, uh, for a patient, knowing what m- might be asked or what is going to happen in advance can help me prepare. So that's, that's one of the entries. Um, there's a VR 3D immersive technology entry. Um, there is a really good extension to an existing personal health record. So there's an open interfaces, uh, open APIs personal health record, which um, has integrated with Alexa for the first time. So Amazon using an Amazon Echo Dot to allow you to ask it questions. And so I think they're, you know, they're working on just a limited number of scenarios as you have to. You've got to, you've got to bite off what you can chew at a hack day. That's really interesting, starting to see you know, Internet of Things devices, VR, and what else have we got? Um, chatbots, um, and a, a really interesting project about medication errors and trying to reduce harm from medication errors. Uh, all really important things and you know, going spanning from you know, very patient-facing stuff like the Amazon Alexa in your home, right to back office prevention of harm in pharmacies. So, really interesting stuff. It's all very cool stuff. You've got a really tough job picking a winner there, don't you? Well, I don't have to pick a winner. That's oh, the great thing. That's the best we do a community vote, um, and so the presentations will happen later this afternoon. Um, they'll be put to the audience of all the attendees of summer school and all the attendees of the hack day and they'll choose themselves so it's a it's community vote live via Slido which kind of gives a little exciting uh, frisson to the end of the afternoon. I'm not sure I can pick to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to have to go away and think about that. It's five weeks after summer schools and I'm down at University Hospital Southampton visiting the winners of hack day here my record. I'm here with the My Medical Record team, Kev Hamer, Programme Manager. Hi Andrew. Matt Beadle, Product Manager. Hi. And Paul Gisborne, Principal App Developer. Hello. So how did you guys find Hack Day and is this the first one you've been to? Um, it's not the first one we've been to, it's the third one we've been to. Is it third? Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, we really like the days that we find them excellent. We find them really good um, to take time out of the office, actually, um, from the sort of day-to-day churn, the things we do every day to actually do things that are a bit different and have sort of protected time to do that. Also find them quite good team building events as well, even though we don't sort of intend it to be that way. It's quite good um, the way that things work, working in teams and different teams. Great getting uh, kind of input from people we don't normally work with, um, which is kind of a key part of kind of what happened with here my record. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot more interest for this than, than we've sort of seen in previous ones. That's so fantastic. So it's really interesting, like almost having a queue of people sort of saying, Oh, you know, what are you doing? With this. To, the, to, to the point where we had too much, too many, too many, yeah, people, too many people at one point for those. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, 
it's nice to be able to work differently sometimes. Brilliant. So your idea is to give patients access to their medical records using Amazon Alexa. So they can check things like test results, book appointments, um, check messages from their clinical teams. So how did you come up with that idea? And tell us a bit more about what it does. Yeah, so we've been um, developing my medical record since what, 2012. Um, yeah, and as you say, we give access, patients access to uh, test results. They can message clinicians, get appointment info. Um, so with the kind of the rise in popularity of things like the Echo Dots and Google Homes, we kind of thought kind of next stage of that, could we do a proof of concept around getting patients to access some of their information in their records through one of those devices? Yeah, what, what we don't want to do is limit the ways in which patients can access their data. So it's just another way of doing it, really. Um, here my record is just obviously a play on my medical record. We just workshop that at the hack day. Uh, our director actually came up with that. Give, give uh, Jane due, due deference on, uh, on the name. In terms of the idea and where the, where, the name, where the idea originally came from, our COO, Aid Byrne, actually, two or three years ago, was playing around with the idea of these devices being quite a cheap way of sharing information potentially within the hospital, actually. We had the idea of using them on ward stations, that kind of thing, for uh, non-confidential information to be shared in a, in, a, in a really easy way. And so it seemed natural to then think, well, well, well patients might want to do this. We actually surveyed patients a couple of years ago and seemingly of the patients we had on my medical record at the time, not many of them owned one of these devices, so we kind of didn't really take any further at that stage. Coming to the hack was just good timing with the work that NHSX are doing. They've announced having this hookup with Amazon, so we just thought, well, it's a good time to actually grab one and, and, and go and see if we can play with it, get it working. Yeah, and coming back to the NHSX work with um, Amazon, there was obviously a lot of concern around data sharing when it comes to Alexa. Patients are quite concerned about where their personal data is going. Is this something that patients need to be worried about if they're using a product like Hear My Record? It's a good question. I mean, do they need to be worried about it? I mean, different people are worried about different things. Um, we're very clear about the hack days. We just want to see if we can make it work. We won't get ourselves bogged down in any of the data protection governance issues, really. Um, just can we, can we make it work first and foremost? The next obvious step to that is to start talking to our patients more. We've actually got a day booked in September 27th, uh, Friday 27th, for patients to come in, start having a play with it, and to start to gauge, really, um, these sort of things. We, you know, we want to actually play with, the, play with the kit, fill in some questionnaires, and start to gauge what their feeling is about all these things. At the same time, to take it forward, we'll look to our internal governance around whether our trust is happy with us doing this sort of thing and taking it further. The key with all this really, particularly around my medical record, is patient's consent. And we look to capture that very clearly throughout the process of my medical record, this will be no different. So if patients didn't want to do it, of course, nothing's being forced to them, it's really, it's really their choice to hook up their, ultimately their Echo Dot or their Google Home with their records, so we then deciding to do that. Yeah, during the day we did, or the two days we did look into kind of some of this stuff around sort of governance and data protection and we kind of found examples where people like I think it was Aviva were using a pin code to protect um, uh, information about uh, pension statements and there's various uh, voice recognition apps out there that you could potentially try and look at linking a patient's voice to their record to add that kind of level of security so kind of yeah we need to do a lot more work around that but there is kind of examples out there where people have protected data. Paul did you have anything to ask about? Well, only that the, you know, the actual connecting to um, Alexa isn't an automatic process, so the patient would have to proactively go into effectively the app store to 
connect their account to the to Alexa. So there's no kind of us saying, oh, well, well you're now accessing it. They, they would have to uh, do their part as well. Yeah, so I guess they're sort of opting in to share their data yeah, and their yeah. records. I think, I think the concerns about Amazon and so on and other, other big providers, are they now going to get my data? I completely understand those concerns. I think they're real. It's about us making sure we surface enough information to the patient and ultimately it's their decision. Having had all the information, do they want to do or not? Yeah, and obviously you guys are dealing with the most sensitive kind of data you can deal with. It's people's medical records and there's obviously a lot of things in there that people might not want public, so I think the concerns are probably quite real, aren't they? It's just about trying to be sensible around that so we're not getting to the point where we worry about it so much we never actually do anything. The patients tell us all the time we want all of our data, we want it in different ways and, and you know, increasingly can we access it via our smartphone? And, you know, why not this device, but it'll come down to personal choice, really. So what's the next step for Hear My Record and where do you see it going? Yeah, it's, it's, it's another good question, <laughs> because um, is there an appetite for it? We, we, we don't really know, actually. You know, we thought it was a really nice thing to do, hooking up with the NHSX idea around can we make it work. We need to find out if there's an appetite from our patients, first and foremost. We don't just want it to work on the Echo Dots. We're doing a bit of work with Google Home, possibly other PDAs as well. Again, we want it, if, we, if we're going to do it, we want it to be choice for our patients. But that patient workshop I mentioned um, in late September, where we're going to get people to come in, that's really the next big step to see what they think of it and start to really survey our existing patients, how many of them have one of these devices, how many of them would like to hook one up. Um, beyond that, I think it's, it's, it's all about the governance. If we can get the governance right, there's no reason why it can't be working in, in, in live and patients using it. Yeah. Do you see it sort of scaling up past Southampton? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, my medical record's already used in kind of 11 other trusts around the country. So, like Kev says, we'll, we'll do some more work with our patients in Southampton, kind of flesh out some more of the idea, look at the governance stuff. But there's no reason, I think, once it's up and running, that other trusts who use my medical record couldn't, couldn't come on board with this and Absolutely. use it for their patients. Yeah, if it works for us, it can work for the other hospitals we, we provide the service to already. And that's, Matt mentioned, 11 hospitals, that number's growing all the time, so there's no reason why they couldn't have that as well. Fantastic. Paul? Uh, yeah, well, just to say that um, since the hack day, we've continued working on it uh, and developing new sort of functionality. Uh, one of our um, application developers has just um, added push notifications to it so that when uh, uh, you get home and you walk into the room, you'll see your Echo Dot flashing yellow, so you actually know that you've got a notification from us. And then that would initiate the conversation with the um, Echo to connect and find out what the notification was. Yeah, really good point that because that was one of our use cases at Hack Day that we knew we couldn't. We've quickly yeah, found, we couldn't quickly found out we couldn't do it. Yeah, and so actually the the, the use case was us interacting and, and particularly asking Alexa. But yeah, I mean I think that's really nice the fact that it lights up. We have um, patients in prostate cancer follow up that want the result as soon as they possibly can. One, literally to the point one of our patients has timed it as being like three and a half hours from his blood test at his GP to result getting into his account but that requires him to log in and keep checking if it, if it was just to light up and let you know there's a notification there that's a really really nice use case I think yeah and you know things like prostate cancer and other serious conditions you want to know as quickly as you possibly can yeah. so you don't want to wait for a GP to call you or exactly to, yeah. or stay in line on the phone until somebody actually picks up. So no, exactly, they report high anxiety. The thing they love about my medical record is they can get it quicker, they can get it even quicker you know, via, you know, via hearing my record. Have you got any advice for anyone that's thinking about coming to Hack Day, even if they've just got you know a tiny idea? Yeah, think about your pitch beforehand. Do you know what I mean? We've been to a few of them um, and kind of we had a really, what well, we felt we had a really good idea 
this time. Which, I mean, we've pitched at previous ones and we've seen other people pitch. Um, yeah. So it's like to have an idea of kind of what your problem is and kind of almost the kind of help you're asking for. I would say definitely, if, if people are thinking about it, I would say definitely do it because we found it to be great events. I would say bring an extension lead. <laughs> I would say um, really, really muck in um, with the whole kind of ethos around team working because we've definitely been guilty of the past of kind of just working on our own, taking the time to work on our own thing and look for others to join us. This, this time is much more about us looking to join others or bring others into the group. Um, and we, we found that to be a massive benefit this time. I definitely, the, the people that joined the team played a massive part in what we did here. So I mean, it, their, their input was vital in, in a lot of the stuff we did. Yeah. And that was the big difference this time. We had a, a lot more engagement from, from other people at the event. How did you find it, Paul? Yeah, great, for, for all those reasons. It was really nice sort of interacting with um, other people interested in the subject and uh, not having to think about certain aspects of it because of the, the time constraints you've got on the days. It means you can just focus on one part of it, knowing that the, the next bit you need to do, somebody's already working on that. So it's really good. Brilliant. So are you coming back to Hack Day next year? Yeah, definitely. I don't see any reason why not. Um, there are events that we get a lot out of, so we've already covered on the pod. Um, we'd like to come back as many times as we can, really. That's a wrap for the Digital Health Hack Day podcast. Don't forget to join us next time for a panel discussion with the Shuri Network.